Today as we walk through Psalm 23, 4, can you recall a time in your life when the Lord protected you and you know the Lord was right there with you? I was at a Cincinnati baseball game one night. Angel and I were there. We were out in right field sitting on the front row right by the fence, and we got there for batting practice. And so we're sitting there, and I was standing up, and I was probably distracted. I was looking around and probably focusing on someone eating a hot dog or a tub of popcorn or something like that. So I wasn't paying attention. Then Angie said something real quick. And the minute when I looked up, there was a baseball literally right in front of me that a batter had hit. And I didn't see it. And so I jerked away real quick. And the baseball slapped my hand on a piece of steel. And uh, so I was just moments away probably from being carrying out on a stretcher at a baseball game during batting practice. But I look back and I say, Lord, thank you for protecting me from being hit by a baseball. And you can think of other situations in your life that the Lord protected you. Uh, following 9-11, one of the hardest hit industries after uh, that horrific day in our country was the airline industry. As you recall, after that time, the airline industry lost millions and millions of dollars. They laid off many, many workers. Stock prices took a nosedive. Many flights had to be canceled because the public was afraid to get back on an airplane again. So as a, as a result of a way to try to deal with the fears that people had of flying again, uh, the airline industry did several things, but also government leaders helped out as well. As you remember, increased security happened with baggage, but also passengers. Air marshals were placed on planes. You didn't know who they were, but they said they were on planes there to protect the people who were flying. Also, the cockpit door was secured. You couldn't get in there to the pilot or co-pilot. And then as a result of that, too, they lowered fares so cheap, just trying to get people back on airplanes again because money is a motivator in many ways. And so after that, Angie and I got a cheap fare to California, and we flew out there for almost nothing. But as you remember, there was a lot of fear in our country to say, am I ever going to get on an airplane and fly again? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. As we think about that verse, it's one of the most common verses, known verses in all the Bible. John 3, 16, Psalm 23, 4. And as we think about this verse, we think about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. As we know that there's something there about death. Death is an interesting subject. All you have to do is watch the news, you look at the news feeds on your phones, or you read a newspaper, and you see there's listing almost every day something about death. There's been a tragedy, there's been a shooting, there's been an accident, something about death. And I can give you these facts about death, and here they are. Death affects the young and old. Death affects the rich and poor. And death even affects the saved and the unsaved. And as we think about Psalm 23, 4, I imagine there are people here walking through the valley of the shadow of death today. In this room and those who are watching around the world, you are in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. When it says death, what that means is this valley is deep, it's dark, and it's dangerous. And there are people here today dealing with the valley of the shadow of death. Here's what I mean by that. You have been given dangerous and troubling medical news. Cancer, heart-related, could be something else. But you're dealing with that in your life now. The future is uncertain in the midst of that. 
There are others here, you're walking with family members or friends who are dealing with difficult seasons of life. And you're there as a comfort, as a witness, as support, but you're walking with someone dear to you, close to you, who's going through a deep, dark, dangerous valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And then there are others, you're going through that and there's just a new normal in your life. And you're trying to adjust to say, how do I get through the new normal in life? What does this look like? How will I make decisions? What am I going to do a year from now? It's just a new normal. You're trying to figure it out. And here's what we can say today. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because the Lord, your good shepherd, he is with you. But I say today with love for you that if you're here or you're watching and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have everything to fear if you're going through a valley that's deep, dark, and dangerous. But here's the good news. And I want to make this clear even right from the beginning of the message. If you're here or you're watching and you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the good shepherd, he died on a cross and gave his life for you. He shed his blood that you could experience forgiveness. And if you will acknowledge it, you have sinned and you turn from your sin and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, he can be your good shepherd today and you can go through the valley of the shadow of death and you have nothing to fear. Why? Because he is with you. You can know that today. And so I just encourage you to know the good shepherd. Here's the thing that amazes me. I don't understand how people who can face the valleys of life, who can face the storms of life, who can face the adversities of life without a relationship with Jesus, who is the good shepherd. It would be so difficult to face those situations in life, realizing that you've got to do the best you can when Jesus is there to walk with you. And so I've been in hospitals, I've been in homes, I've been in other places where people got devastating news. In the valley of the shadow of death, did not have a relationship with the Lord. It was extremely difficult for them to walk through that season. I just encourage you, give your life to Christ, trust him, surrender to him, and realize he is with you always to the very end of the age. He will never leave you or forsake you. Invite him to be your savior, your Lord, and your good shepherd. Jesus will do that. So as we walk through this passage, as we think about soul care, we're talking about there's nothing to fear. And so I want to walk this through with you today. I want you to take your outline just for a moment. Look at number one, take comfort in the shepherd's peace. He says in this passage, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's a shadow. I was walking around the concourse the other morning. We've been challenging our staff to walk and to exercise. And I was walking the other morning. I came in the back part of the concourse right behind me. And the light was just right. And my shadow, I could see it was about 20 feet long. I mean, it was huge. It was intimidating. But here's the good news. The shadow will not hurt anyone. My shadow would have never hurt someone. If you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow will not hurt you either. But if you go to Israel and you travel from Jericho up to Jerusalem, you're going to come across. And if you go with us, we're going to spend some time there in a little place that's called the valley of the shadow of death. It is deep. It is dark. It is extremely dangerous. It is a place that does exist. And as you think about this valley, the valley of the shadow of death, and the shepherd would lead his sheep in this valley and through this valley, you have to know it's not the wrong path. It's actually the right path. 
Because here's what would happen. Many times, the sheep would be grazing in the valley. And because in the summertime, maybe they've eaten all the grass in the valley, he is going to lead them through the valley up to the top of the mountain so that there's green grass there and the sheep will continue to be able to eat. The shepherd knows how to lead the sheep through the valley. And as we know something about the valley, here's another good news. In a valley, there's always an entrance and there's always an exit. And you don't have a mountaintop unless you have a valley. Now, as I think about that, I think back as I was preparing this message, I thought back many, many years ago, Angie and I were taking some students from the church we were at uh, to Gatlinburg for a conference that we were going to for several days. And so we're in Gatlinburg, we're at this conference, we had the afternoon free, so we were trying to decide what we were going to do. Were we going to go out to Pigeon Forge and shop? Were we going to go ride go-karts? Were we going to blow money somewhere? We made a decision that we were going to take our students hiking up Chimney Tops Trail in Gatlinburg. It was about 1,400 feet high. It was about two miles one way, two miles coming back, so about four miles round trip. And you could hear the moaning and groaning from those students. I mean, you thought the world was ready to come to an end. You mean we're not going to ride go-karts? I'm not going to go out there and blow some money on... No, 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 we're going to hike this mountain. And when we get to the top of the mountain, the good news is I'm carrying my Bible and we're going to read the Sermon on the Mount when we get on top of the mountain. So I encourage them, take a little snack with you because you're probably going to get hungry. And so we, we start off, we park the van, everybody's got a little snack. We start up in the valley, and we start up, we meet people along the way, and they say, what are y'all going to do? And I said, well, we're going to walk to the top of that mountain, and we're going to read the Sermon on the Mount when we get there. And they said, it's too dangerous. I would encourage you to turn around and go back. Our students said, didn't you listen to those folks? I said, I did, but I didn't really pay any attention to what they said. We're going to go to the top of the mountain. So we hike that valley, we hike up the mountain, 1,400 feet. We get on top of the mountain, and we're seated up there on top of that mountain. And, and the vistas were unbelievable. I mean, you're on top of Chimney Tops Mountain, 1,400 feet up, you're looking down. The valley didn't look difficult at that point. The valley looked extremely beautiful. And we sat up there and we read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. And if you talk to those students today, here's what they would say. One of the greatest memories they ever had of student ministry was sitting on top of that mountain reading the Sermon on the Mount. Now, was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. Was it dangerous? Sure, it was dangerous. Because anytime you're going to get on top of the mountain, you're going to have to walk through the valley to be able to get there. But it's through the valley. It's not staying in the valley. It's through the valley. When you look at Psalm 23, you must look at Psalm 22, Psalm 23, Psalm 24. Because when you look at the two mountain peaks of Psalm 22 and Psalm 24, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and the coronation of the Lord Jesus Christ, where is the valley? The valley is Psalm 23. And so you don't get Psalm 22 or Psalm 24 without Psalm 23. The valley is important in life. Now, valleys are only temporary. You're not going to stay there. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have anything to fear because he is with you. And so you may look at the valley and say, there's nothing beneficial about the valley whatsoever. But I'm going to give you these insights here. I want you to write these down that when you find yourself in the valley, could be today, could be next week. When you find yourself in the valley, here are some things that are going on in your life, in your relationship with with the good shepherd and some things that you need to know, but some things you need to do. Look at number one. We experience many unstable situations in life. There are people today in the valley. Your valley is a physical issue. 
There are people today, you're in the valley, your valley is a financial issue. There are folks who are in the valley, your valley is a relational issue. There are folks, you're in the valley, your valley is a vocational issue. Then there are other folks, you're in the valley, your valley is a spiritual issue because it seems like God is silent and your spiritual walk is somewhere in a desert somewhere. But when you look at that, you're going to experience many unstable situations in life. Believers and unbelievers will face unstable situations in this life. But also when you're in the valley, we're confronted about the priorities of life. Number two. When you're in the valley, you're going to get real about what your priorities are in life. And I encourage you, if you're going to walk in the valley of the shadow of death and you're going to follow the leadership of the good shepherd, make sure this is your priorities. First is Jesus Christ in your life. Seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Don't seek your career. Don't seek money. Don't seek the stuff of this world. Seek him first in your life. Second is your family. Make sure your family is a priority to you in your life. Make sure the Lord's church is a priority for you in life. And then your career will come in there somewhere making money and all the stuff of the world. But make sure Jesus is first in your life. When you're in the valley, you're going to get real about what really matters in your life. And so make sure you're aware of that because you're going to be confronted about the priorities of life. Number three, we need to keep our eyes on the shepherd. When you're in the valley, whatever the valley is for you, and you're walking through this valley, make sure you never take your eyes off the good shepherd. In Hebrews chapter 12, what does it say? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Make sure that you keep your eyes on him in the valley. Lord Jesus, you're walking me through this valley. I don't have anything to fear because you are with me. And Lord Jesus, so you'll know my eyes are on you. That is a wise way to live when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Something that's dark, deep, as well as dangerous in your life. Number four, we welcome the love, support, and sacrifice of godly friends and family. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and you've got people around you who love Jesus who love you, who are going to walk with you, who are are sometimes not going to say a word. They're just going to be with you. Sometimes they're going to say, I'm praying for you. Sometimes they're going to say, you're going to get through this. Sometimes they're going to say, don't you give up. You keep your eyes on the Lord. We're going to walk through this together. You are a blessed person when you have people in your life, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And so if you've got one, two, maybe a few people, your connect group, some others in the Christian life, and they're walking with you through the difficult periods of your life, thank God for them, but also thank God that he's put people in your life who are there with you in the toughest days of your life. Thank the Lord for that. And then number five, we grow spiritually in incredible ways. As I think about the valley of the shadow of death, the valley's not going to hurt you, the valley's going to grow you. And I would think many of us here today, and we could say, and I can say from my own personal experience, some of the greatest moments, some of the greatest seasons of spiritual growth will not come on the mountaintop. They'll come in the valleys of life. Why? Because he's teaching you in there. Your eyes are on him. Your priorities are right. You're listening to what he's saying. You're following his leadership. Make sure when you're in the valleys, you're not wasting those days, but you're growing through those days. And as I think about being in the valley, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 
In verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any afflictions with the comfort which we, we ourselves are comforted by God. What in the world does that mean? It means this, that when you're in the valley, God is the God of all comfort. He's going to comfort you. And when he comforts you, let God use you so you can comfort someone else. If you've been through cancer, let God use that in your life to comfort someone else. You know something about heart attacks? Let God use you in relationship to somebody else. You've been through a tragedy? Let God use you in relationship to someone else. He is comforting you and walking with you. Let him use your story and valleys in life. Because God's going to grow you in incredible ways. And so when you look at that, you just find yourself. You have peace in the midst of the valley. That doesn't come from the world. That doesn't come from your bank account. That comes from the good shepherd who's walking with you in the valleys of life. Number two, stay calm in the shepherd's presence. If you're going to walk faithful to Christ, stay calm in the shepherd's presence. Angie and I, a few weeks ago, were having 19 people at our house for dinner. And Angie has the gift of hospitality, and she'd been working all day to get things ready. And the dinner was at 5 o'clock that night, and about 3 o'clock, 3.30 that afternoon, I'd went home to try to help out with a few things. The electricity went out at our house. Nineteen people are going to be there in about an hour and a half, and the electricity's out. She's trying to finish the meal. What in the world are we going to do? We walked outside. Other neighbors were outside as well, and they said, we called the electric company, and they're saying they anticipate it coming back on at 5.30 today. Well, our dinner's at 5 o'clock. It's going to be dark by 5 o'clock. And so how do you stay calm in the shepherd's presence? I just told Angie, I said, Angie, the, the good shepherd's going to take care of us. Uh, we're going to have something to eat. We've got some chips. We've got some other things. We'll find some candles and flashlights. Everything is going to be okay. The shepherd is in control. Well, about 4.30, the lights came back on. All was well, but somewhere you've got to stay calm in the shepherd's presence. Now, as you think about Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because, Lord, you are with me. Now, I want you to listen to this next statement. David is walking through a valley. The mountain peaks, Psalm 22, Psalm 24. He's walking in a valley. But here's the statement I want you to, want you to pay attention to. Sheep are better in the valley with the shepherd than they are on top of the mountain without the shepherd. Did you get that? Sheep are better in the valley with the shepherd than on top of the mountain without the shepherd. That's a verse that will, and a word that will help you in your life. And David is walking through the valley, the shadow of death. The shepherd is with him. He has nothing to fear. Why? Because he, he knows the shepherd is with him. Uh, back in the year 2000, the Billy Graham Evangelists Association had invited me to, to come to Amsterdam in the Netherlands and to be a part. Uh, they were bringing believers from all over the world together, and we were going to study and strategize how to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was honored to be a part of that group. Thousands of believers came literally from all over the world. And so as I'm in the services there, we had morning services, we had afternoon services, we had evening services. There was a lot going on. 
And so I remember one night, I'm, I'm in this Rye Auditorium, I'm sitting a little bit front. I don't do well sitting in the back. I'm sitting in the front. And as I'm sitting in the front, Johnny Erickson Tata came in with her in her wheelchair, and she sat right in front of me. Johnny and friends, Dr. Richard Davis is doing some stuff in her ministry, which is amazing. And so as I, I was seated there, Johnny Erickson Tata right in front of me, it was an honor to meet her. And person after person came over to her, introduced themselves, just wanted to meet Johnny with Johnny and friends, and just encourage her, and she gave an encouraging word back. And so as we were seated there, I don't remember really much of the worship service that night, but, but what Johnny said to another individual was a worship experience for me. So, so I'm seated there. Johnny's right in front of me. I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but you couldn't help but listen. And there was a guy who came over, and Johnny is right there. And so the guy says, Johnny, it is an honor to meet you. And Johnny was so gracious with him. And then the guy made this statement, Johnny, I want you to know, I'm praying for you. And she said, I thank you. I appreciate your prayers. And he said, but here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying, because she's a paraplegic. Uh, He said, Johnny, I'm praying for you that God will heal you and get you out of this wheelchair. And she said, you think that's a wonderful prayer, that, that God would heal her and get her out of the wheelchair. And here's what I was not anticipating. As that man said that, and I'm sure he was sincere in saying that, Johnny said to him, she said, sir, I appreciate you praying for me. But she said, you don't have to pray that I would be healed and get out of this wheelchair. You you don't have to pray that. And here's what she said. She said, I'd rather be in this wheelchair and know the Lord Jesus Christ as I do than to be healed and not in this wheelchair and not know him. So you don't have to pray that prayer. Johnny Erickson Tyler knew this. It's better to be in the valley with the shepherd than on top of the mountain without the shepherd. And she lived that. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. If you know something about the English language, you know in Psalm 23, verses 1, 2, and 3, that the psalmist David has been speaking in third person. He's talking about he, he makes me, he leads me, he guides me. But now in Psalm 23, 4, he has changed his context of English. He's not speaking in third person anymore. He's speaking in second person. What does he say? It's not he, but it's you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because you are with me. That's significant because now the shepherd is not simply leading the sheep. The shepherd is walking with the sheep. You are with me. You're not way out there somewhere. You're with me in this valley. And David now is not just talking about the shepherd. He is talking to the shepherd. And so I encourage you today, if you're in the midst of the valley, the shadow of death, don't just talk about the good shepherd. Talk with the good shepherd in your life. He's with you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you. And that's why David could say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have anything to fear. Why? Because, good shepherd, you are with me. And that's not the only time. Let me just give you a few uh, God's Word. The best illustrations I could ever give are from God's Word. And so in, in Genesis chapter 26... Talking about Isaac, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. And here's what he said, fear not. Why am I not going to be afraid? Here's why. I am with you. 
Isaac, you don't have anything to fear. You don't have anything to be afraid of. Why, I'm with you, Jeremiah. What did he say to Jeremiah after he called him in the ministry? An incredible assignment. Here's what he said to Jeremiah. He said to him, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will deliver you, says the Lord. Psalm 56, verse 3 is another verse. You may want to write this one down. Incredible word. Here's what the psalmist said in this text. He said this. He said, When I am afraid, what am I going to do? He said, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And so I encourage you, when you're in the midst of the valleys, deep, dark, dangerous, the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have any reason to fear if you are a believer in Christ. Why? Because he is with you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you. The Bible says he's with you always to the very end of the age. But here's some things. If you don't know these next two things, you have every reason to fear. Look at the number one. You don't know the shepherd. Again, if you don't know the shepherd, you have every reason to fear. But I'd say again, the grace of God is amazing. He will save you at this very moment if you'll call out to him and ask him to be your savior in life. Secondly, you're not aware of the shepherd's presence. You're not living your life aware that the shepherd is with you. I encourage you, make sure you know Jesus as your Savior, the good shepherd, but also make sure you live aware that he is always with you. And then these next two statements, when you know the shepherd and you know that he's always with you, these are two spiritual realities in your life. One is, protects us from evil. And when you think about that, it protects us from evil. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow, I'll fear no evil. You don't fear evil. You don't fear what the enemy is going to do. Why? Because you know he is with you. And then number two, prevents us from sin. And so when you think about this idea of sin, when you're aware of the shepherd's presence, you don't want to sin against him. Just stay calm in the shepherd's presence. Number three, remain confident in the shepherd's protection he protects us he protected me at that baseball game he's protected me many times in other aspects of life he's protected you many times in your life as well make sure you are aware of the shepherd's protection even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'll fear no evil I'm not going to be afraid why because shepherd you are with me and then he says this and your rod and your staff they comfort me the shepherd had two tools of trade. Now, now, some theologians and scholars could say these are two different things. He has a rod, but he also has a staff. Some people believe it was just one. It was a, it was a shepherd's crook. So on one end, there was just a, a straight end, but the other end had a crook on it. And so it was used for defense, but also direction. The rod was for defense. The, the, the crook was for direction. Uh, one of the things Ange and I enjoy doing when we're away somewhere, or doesn't happen too much in this town just yet, but sometime it may, is open houses. They'll have a parade of homes, and you can go in these new homes. Some of them are going to be $300,000. Some of them are going to be a million dollars. And you can walk in there and see how they've been designed and decorated. It's great to see. Ange enjoys doing that. And so since she does, I do, and I like to walk through there. But here's how sometimes my mind works. Uh, I walk in this house, million-dollar house. Designed, decorated so, so beautifully. And I walk in there and say, the builders built this. Somebody's going to come along one day and buy this house. And then I wonder when they buy the house, what kind of valleys are the people who live in this house are going to experience? 
Every day is not going to be a mountaintop. Sometimes you're going to walk through a valley and you walk through and think, Lord, I pray whoever occupies this house, that they have a relationship to you. And when they're on the mountains, they're celebrating with you. And when they're in the valleys, they're depending upon you. Same is true for us in life. Now, when, when, what is the shepherd's responsibility as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death? When he has a rod, he has a staff, and he's comforting you. What, what is he going to do? Write these down. Number one, count the sheep. Shepherd's always going to make sure when you go into the valley, he's counting the sheep. Do I have 25 sheep, 50 sheep? What is the sheep? He's counting the sheep. He's going to make sure he doesn't lose a single sheep as he travels through the valley. Sometimes people ask me as pastor here, what are some of the greatest challenges pastoring First Baptist Church? Let me be transparent with you for a moment. One of the great challenges we face as a church is just how do we count the sheep? How do we have responsibility for those whom we need to be shepherding? Because again, when I look at the membership roles of our church, very large. I see different categories. I see people who are active. I see people who are inactive. I see people who are non-resident. And somewhere as a pastor, I want to be spiritually responsible to the Lord and say, Lord, am I counting the sheep? It's hard for me at this stage in ministry to count the sheep. Because when you look at all these people who are inactive, all these people who are non-resident, Lord, who do you want us to be ministering to? You say, well, everybody. Well, some of them, we don't even know who they are, where they are. And somewhere I just challenge us as a church that we make sure we get that right somewhere down the road because we want to stand before the good shepherd and say, we counted the sheep. We knew who we were responsible for and we served you as the under shepherd, but others who are serving, we served you well. Let's reach as many as we can. Let's bring back people who used to be here or not here. Let's do all we can to to reach out to them and see them come back. But how do we count the sheep? The shepherd would always count the sheep. Number two, lead the sheep. Shepherd was always going to lead sheep. He's always going to be out in front, leading sheep to green pastures, to still waters. That's the responsibility of the shepherd. He was always going to do that. He, he didn't want to lead too far so they would lose sight of him, but he also wanted to be out in front of them. In Israel, shepherds always lead from the front. If you go to New Zealand and you see sheep, they're oftentimes leading from behind, but you drive cattle, but you lead sheep. Why? Because sheep aren't the strongest in the world. I mean, you're not ever going to see a police officer riding around town with a sheep in the back of his car. He'll have a dog back there, but he's not going to have a sheep. You know why? I mean, their legs are so small. Their brains are so small. They're just not smart. They're not very clean. They smell bad, and they're not super strong. But again, you must lead sheep, not drive sheep, lead sheep. Number three, you guide the sheep. Are you going to make sure that the sheep don't drift off course and, and don't, don't drift away from the other flock and get away from you? The shepherd is always going to guide the sheep through the valley of the shadow of death. And number four, the shepherd is going to protect the sheep. That's why you get the rod. That's why you get the staff. That's why it says that brings comfort to the sheep. Why? Because you know the good shepherd is going to protect you. And let me say as your pastor, I will do anything I can to protect you as you are God's sheep in life. As his under-shepherd, I want to see you protected in life, spiritually and other ways as well. And if that means making hard decisions to protect you, if that means doing things that simply aren't popular to protect you, God help us to do that as under-shepherds to make sure we protect the sheep. There are fierce wolves out there. 
There are people who would like to divide, destroy, and discourage us. We've got an enemy, but we must make sure that we protect the sheep, the body of Christ, his people. Now, let me finish here. You you find yourself in the valley. What are you going to do if you're in the valley? You find yourself in the valley today. It's over physical issues, financial, relational, vocational, spiritual. You're in the valley. What are you going to do? Write these words down. I encourage you. One is words. Stay in the word of God. If you're in the valley of the shadow of death, it's deep, it's dark, it's dangerous. Stay in God's word. Read the counsel of God's word. His word will not return void. His word will encourage you. Number two is worship. Make sure you worship the good shepherd. He is worthy to be worshiped. You talk to him. You have a conversation with him. You worship him. Number three, you walk with him. You be honest with him. And when you look at David and the Psalms, he was extremely raw, real, and honest with God. You can be the same way. As a child, as a student, as an adult, you're in the valley of the shadow of death. Be honest with him what's going on in your life. He already knows it, but you can be honest with him. Number four, just wait upon him. In the hospital, probably the most difficult room in the hospital is the waiting room. And sometimes in the spiritual life, he will put you in the waiting room, so you have to wait on him. But he said... Even though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I don't don't fear anything because you're with me. Wait upon him. And then number five, be be a witness. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, God's going to put you around people. It may be nurses, it may be doctors, it may be family members, maybe neighbors, it may be people somewhere you meet in the community. But you can be a witness for Jesus Christ and his faithfulness in your life. And you can say, hey, I'm in this valley. It's dark, it's dangerous, it's difficult, but I'm not going to have any fear in my life. Why? Because I know Jesus, the good shepherd, is with me. And you can be an amazing, amazing witness for Christ. So today, I want to encourage you, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have anything to fear as believers because he, the good shepherd, is always with us. He's got a rod and a staff and they comfort us. I want to ask you, if you don't know Christ, give your life to him. I appeal to you, I encourage you, Give your life to Jesus Christ. If you need to be baptized like we witnessed today, obey the leadership of Christ and say yes to him. You need to join the fellowship of this church, say yes to him and walk down one of these aisles with our pastoral team here and join the fellowship of this church. God's calling you to serve him in some way. Say yes to him and obey him. But also I want to encourage you in this service, watching online, you're in the valley of the shadow of death. You're afraid. You don't know what the future looks like. I just encourage you to come to the Good Shepherd and say, take away this fear and give me peace. Let me rely upon your presence and let me know that you are protecting me. And then this morning, I want to do something and pray for you. If you find yourself today, you you can respond online to this invitation as well. But today in this room, if you believe that you're in the valley of the shadow of death, Just a dark, dangerous, tough time. Uh, Would you just raise your hand for a moment if you're here? Because I want to pray for you this morning if you're in that valley. Would you look around? Hands are raised literally all over the worship center in that valley. And I want to encourage you. You can come to one of our prayer team members. You can come to this altar, individuals, husbands and wives, families, and just say, we're in the midst of that valley, but there's nothing to fear because we know he is with us. 
and he's comforting us with his rod and his staff. You can do that. Maybe you've decided to follow Jesus today. Savior, baptism, church affiliation, Christian ministry, but just in the midst of the valley, you follow him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, what a familiar verse for us. But Lord Jesus, thank you that we're in the midst of those valleys. We don't have anything to fear as your children because you're with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. So Father, I pray today for people to give their lives to Jesus. I pray for people to be obedient in baptism, church membership. I pray for people to surrender, to follow your call in life. But God, I know today many of us find ourselves in a valley in a tough place. And I pray today that we'll make the decision to come to Jesus and follow him today. I pray this altar would be filled with people who are just saying, I need to have a conversation, not just about the good shepherd, but with the good shepherd. I need to talk with him. And Lord, we'd love to minister to anyone that we could. So thank you for this time of worship that we call an invitation. And we're inviting people to come to you, Jesus, Savior, Lord, good shepherd, best friend. Thank you that you're with us. As we sing and as we respond, I pray this today in Jesus' name, amen.